Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where every month is a new adventure. I'm Meredith. I'm Jeanette. I'm Tara. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> doing pretty well. <laughs> um, was on a reading streak last month, which was really awesome because we had spring break, and so I got a lot of reading done. Um, but it's kind of slowed because my baby has fallen in love with books. And she has these soft, crinkly books that she loves. And it's been a lot of baby reader watching now because she, like, holds them. She turns their little pages. She eats them. And then she falls asleep on them. And we have to fight to get them away from her, which That's is pretty so hilarious. Cute. Oh my That's God. adorable. I can't believe I haven't met her yet. This kills me. I just can't wait to squeeze her little cheeks. Uh, oh. They're very squeezable. They're so squeezable. <laughs> I got to squeeze them yesterday. Oh. Which, by the way, was Meredith's birthday. Happy Woo, birthday, Meredith. Happy birthday. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, birthday was yesterday, which is always fun. Um, I'm walking a little bit better. Jeanette can attest. Um, I had knee surgery like a little over a month ago. So I'm getting around a little easier, which is nice. Um, and also yesterday was independent, or I'm sorry, no, independent bookstore day was two weeks ago from yeah. this time of recording, which was a lot of fun. And yesterday was free comic book day, Woo, which was awesome. Again, Picked <laughs> up um, a good amount of free comics and then also bought a lot of other comics, <laughs> which seems <laughs> to be the case. Which is the point. Go support your local comic book store. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But I'm really excited for everything I picked up. Uh, and so how are you doing, Tara? Oh, good, good. Um, <clears throat> just got back from another round of travel. Um, London and Denmark this time. Denmark is insanely beautiful, uh, though a little cold, a, a little. Um, so now I'm home for a bit, which is nice. Um, but otherwise, yeah, doing doing good. I didn't make it to a free comic book day yesterday, and I'm really upset about it. So Aww. you guys are going to have to tell me all about your score, because I'll just live vicariously through you. Yeah, you there's definitely that. one I think <laughs> you'll like. It's a, a mirror universe of Star Trek. What? And it's got Jean-Luc Picard. He's like jacked and he's wearing like totally a sleeveless is. shirt and a goatee. And it's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm heading up there in a month. Someone <laughs> save that for me and just throw it at me when I get in. <laughs> yeah. I um, I hit a second comic book day, a comic book day on the way home from first comic book day and I did end up picking that one up in my second haul because Meredith picked it up and I'm like yeah that's gonna have to happen oh yeah <laughs> nice yeah but there's a couple that look really really good I'm excited about them so mm -hmm. we will keep you updated excellent excellent <laughs> all right and while we're talking about the things we're reading what are you guys reading now Oh, man. Um, so between travel and buying a new house, I haven't been reading, again, as much as I'd like. Um, but I did just finish a reread of Mouse, which is a graphic novel um, telling the true story of a Holocaust survivor. Um, if you haven't read it, you should. It won a Nobel Prize. It's really, really good. Um, it's incredible. Oh, yeah, man, it I really is that. like maybe like one of the best graphic novels that was ever done um and yeah, by the I way i was on a, <laughs> yeah no it's so good it's like 
it, everyone's flawed because they're it's real. Every it's everyone's really flawed, and the way he draws it is really beautiful. Anyway, I just I have nothing but amazing things to say about uh, that book. Um, and I was on a podcast discussing it uh, on uh, Earth Station One's book club podcast about a month ago now. So if you read it and want to hear another discussion about it, go check that out. Um, other than that, I'm reading The Archivist Wasp and our next month's pick, which this book has already made me cry. I'm not that far into it, y'all. Um, is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. So really excited about that one, clearly. Mm -hmm. Seems really good so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm I haven't gotten to start that. that one yet, but I am reading finally Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. I Yay. love Neverwhere. I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I think I'm a little over halfway through, uh, and it's really good. It's actually, it's only my second Gaiman, guys. I really need oh, wait, to work the, on that. The first one being the Ocean at the Ocean. End of the Lane? Exactly. Oh, man, you have so many classics. I know. I have so, I have so much left to read uh, from Not him. to mention Sandman. At least Sandman. Oh, I know. I was actually looking at those yesterday. I was like, oh, man. I need to get into that. <laughs> it, it makes you feel better. Like there, I own multiple Gaimans that I haven't read. Like multiple. I finally just got to American Gods last year, and I've owned it for probably five years. So it happens. You're not that far you know. behind. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I didn't want to read, or I didn't, I didn't want to watch the new. Is it a like a mini series or? There's something American with Gods. American, yeah, American a Gods. A yeah, show. A show. A show. But I want to read the book first, of course. So I got to figure that out. Um, but let's see. So I'm reading that. And I recently finished Vicious by V.E. Schwab, which nice. I did enjoy. Um, yes. It's, I think, Jeanette, you've read it, right? Oh, yeah. So it's different than the um, Shades of Magic it's series. It's very different. Yeah. But it's also good. You know, like it's it's yeah. they're different but they're both good in their own way. Uh yeah. and she's Schwab is just amazing at writing characters. She is. Like just so good. Um so I, I enjoyed that one. And I also recently finished Beastly Bones by William Ritter, which was the second book in the Jackie B series. And I had just as much fun with that one as the first one. So I'm excited to get to the third one here, hopefully pretty soon. And then obviously I'm going to have a bunch of graphic novels to read in my near future since I just picked up a bunch <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> that sounds like a great time. I think so. <laughs> so Jeanette, what are you reading? Oh boy. Um, well, last time we, um, last time we recorded, I had a bunch of arcs that I was working on and I actually finished them all and I liked them all. Most of them are coming out this week, so I'd recommend you check them out if any of them sounded interesting to you. The one that I'd really highlight is Hum If You Don't Know the Words. That one was just really, really, really good. Um, that one's out in July. So if you can get your hands on an early copy, do it. Otherwise, mark your calendar because it's really good. Yeah, I'm um, excited for that one. Oh, man. It's good. Um, and then I'm reading... The Magician's Lie, and I'm about to finish that one, and then I'm going to start on my graphic novels that I 
picked up yesterday. I got a bunch of them that I've been putting off picking up, including Miss Marvel. I've just uh, read that <gasps> one. Yeah, I've been putting it off for years. So, so I just read Miss Marvel last night, the first volume, and that was awesome. And I managed to pick up Lumberjanes and some other stuff. So super, yeah. super excited about that. Welcome to all the great, you know, child feminist graphic novels. They're really fun. <laughs> Enjoy Yay. them. I just didn't like it's one of those things where I just kept adding them to my TBR and I was like I'm standing here in a comic book shop might as well just pick them up since I'm here and I went around um the table like three times to pick up my free comic books I was like okay which ones do I want so I went around like three times picked up the ones I wanted and then I was like well now I have to go again at least twice more to see what I want to buy <laughs> they probably were like, you need to leave this room now. Like, you're making me dizzy. <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> so, had a lot of fun. Um, but anyways, moving on, uh, I thought we should talk about our ER Mad Libs and Eclectic Readathon again, because that is partially what's slowing me down with my reading, because I have to get my ER Mad Libs in, guys. I know, I know we're getting down not quite to the wire, but we're getting oh, there. No, we've got like a month. So if you haven't hit like if you're not most of the way there by now, yeah, not saying we won't show you your Mad Lib if you give it to us later. But if you aren't the most of the way there by now, you're not going to be entered into our fabulous prize drawing, which is fabulous. I know. <laughs> so just a reminder, we're having a readathon on Friday, June 23rd, starting at 8 p.m. And by the end of the readathon, you need to have your ER Mad Libs from, turned in via our Google form. Uh, if you are trying to be eligible for the prize drawing, that is. Otherwise, take as long as you need. But um, in order to be eligible, you do have to have that form turned in by 8 p.m. Friday or 8 p.m. Saturday. Saturday, June 24th. So the Readathon goes from Friday, June 23rd to Saturday, June 24th, and the Mad Libs drawing will happen at the end. And this is don't need readathon. and you don't need to participate in the readathons to participate in the Mad Libs. We're just putting the ends together uh, to cut down on paperwork for us, really. <laughs> yeah, to have it all together. And also, yeah. this is all Eastern Standard Time, so for our international listeners, plan accordingly. <laughs> yes. So who wants and to talk about our fabulous prizes? I was just going to say, and our prizes, if you remember, are uppercase boxes Woo! generously donated to us by uppercasebox.com. Oh, man. I put off looking at the their boxes until after we recorded last month's episode, guys. Oh, their boxes are so good, though. Guys, I've forgotten how good they were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I won't lie. Because, so after we, we sort of like, you know, um, talked to them, I was like, well, I should really check this out in advance. Just, you know, research. I think that's important. Research yeah, is important. Research. Yeah, totally. That's what I told me, you know. <laughs> my husband, that's what I told my husband. And it's just like, oh, um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna order this just one month. Just one month. It's just so one. cute. Um, it is adorable you get the book you get like some sort of postcard or um magnet about the book and then you get a bunch of little book goodies i'm like i got a really sweet harry potter journal that i'm absolutely in love with so i mean it's 
it's really, um, it's a lot of fun. It's really cute. Um, and I'm really excited, uh, you know, for our listeners. I think this is really going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited. So. So the date's coming up month and a half. Friday, June 23rd, starting at 8 p.m. is the readathon. Saturday, June 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. ER Mad Libs deadline. Mark your calendar. Yep. <laughs> I'm marking mine. I am so far behind. <laughs> How are you guys doing with your Mad Libs? Uh, I think I still have like, well, I'm using Neverwhere as one of them. I think I still maybe have three more <laughs> to go. I have about three. I, I think I'll make it. I mean, graphic novels count, right? So I think I'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. I just got some new ones. Maybe I can switch out a novel for a graphic novel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's thinking, Merit. That's thinking. I'll have to look, see what I've got. But I don't think I've got, maybe, maybe. I'll look. I think I have seven to go or like six and a half, something like that. Woo. Let's hope you yeah. can use some graphic novels. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. It's all right. That's what the readathon is for, right? That's that last sprint. Well, that's true. Yeah, you have all, that whole 24 hours. And let's be honest, we're not going to be putting our own names into our prize. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. that's true. Yeah, no, we, we aren't I, eligible. No, but I like to meet deadlines. Yes, no, definitely. The deadline well, I get. You're also <laughs> the one that uh, read, oh, like, what, 100 books last year? So we all know you can do it. We all know you have this. We, we have faith in you. We, we believe. Yeah, well, oh, that and was before Baby Dinosaur came into my life. <laughs> um, um, before we move on, though, I know oh, we yeah. had um, a couple questions on our Litzy page about the readathon. Hmm. We are planning to um, post like check-ins and you know like discussion things on Litzy, and we definitely want you to participate on Litzy. But if you want to be in the drawing for the prizes to go along with the readathon, we're going to have you put that in what, like our Goodreads thread, right? Because we right. pretty much need everything in one place so we can tally up points. Right. Exactly. And, you know, it, Litzy's great. We love Litzy. Um, we love all of you Litzyers. Um, but it's just, it's just not the right place for this sort of thing. So um, hopefully uh, you'll be able to join us on our Goodreads page, though. And definitely still participate on Litzy with the hashtag, you know, and if, if you don't care about prizes and you're just there to read, no problem. But otherwise, uh, you would need to log into Goodreads to put in all your points. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we can keep, as we keep growing, we can keep making this more easily accessible to people. But yeah, <laughs> if you have ideas, yeah. feel free to send them along. Oh, yes. We're always taking ideas and opinions. All right. You guys ready to talk about some retellings? I am. I'm yeah. really excited about Yay. this topic. I am too. I love retellings. And as we are going to be talking about a Romeo and or Juliet retelling today, um, we thought we'd talk about some retellings and how we feel about them and what makes a good retelling. So... Retellings, if you do not know, are stories that are based on classic stories or perhaps fairy tales, um, things that are taken and told in a different way. And they are very, very big these days. Um, we've read a few ourselves. Um, one of the ones that we read with, for um, 
the podcast was The Magicians. Mm-hmm. But I know we've also read some in our own personal reading. So what do you guys think of retellings? How do you I, like them? I actually have a really big opinion on this. So I actually, when I was going through the list of retellings that I could think of off the bat, um, mm-hmm. what I kind of came to the realization for me of what I like in retelling is if the retelling stands alone. Like if I don't need to know about the original to enjoy the book. Mm, okay. Yeah. And so I feel like if the book is lend- is like leaning on my nostalgia for the original, I I just don't like it. Um you know, I, I think a good example is The Magicians. I love The Magicians. Um, it's dark. <laughs> it's not for everyone. Um, but I really did like The Magicians. And it completely stands alone. If you've never read Narnia, you're not going to know how much this is based on Narnia, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, And I don't think that's going to affect the way you think about the book at all. Um, I, in comparison to Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, which leans oh, yeah. heavily on my need <laughs> to love Pride and Prejudice and to think zombies are cool. And I don't like it. Um, yeah. 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 Especially, I mean, because that's, yeah. It leans so heavily on Pride and Prejudice. I mean, I haven't read it, but I mean, it's it's in the title. So, <laughs> um, yeah. and it's, it seems like it was more of like a kitschy kind of, a gimmick book. Uh, yeah, a gimmick. Yeah. That's that's a good word. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we will talk about Romeo and or Juliet, but I feel like that fits into the gimmick book category. Um, and the last gimmick book I really liked was the Star Wars as Shakespeare plays, but really that's just a gimmick on the, Shakes- on the Star Wars screenplay, not on a book. So I don't know how far that counts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I've heard those are good, though. I haven't read them. They are. I haven't looked those up yet, either. But I hear they're fun. fun. Um, Yeah, what do you think about retellings, Mare? I think I'm kind of along the same uh, route as Tara, where they do need to somewhat be able to stand alone, or at least not just be like a straight-up regurgitation of the same story that I know. Like, it does need to have some uniqueness to it. Um, and I know like one that I read recently that I've, I've talked about on here a couple of times, which isn't a retelling of a fairy tale, but of like actual real people in history was my lady Jane Mm -hmm. and where like, they just said, okay, well, we're going to take this time in history with these real historical figures and we're just going to like throw that all out the window and just do what we want to do with it. (laughs) And I thought it was really funny and really unique and it was just a lot of fun. Um, I do think it would help if you had some, you know, reference of the time period they're talking about. Um, But it was just a really interesting take on it. Uh, And another one that we read last year and talked about on the podcast, which I know got mixed reviews from some of us, uh, (laughs) the the star-touched queen, I thought was interesting because it was it wasn't just a straight retelling of one myth. I felt like it was a an interesting mixture of different stories and different myths that right, she right, she right. kind of put her own you know spin on, which I thought was cool. Again, and I that know stands alone though. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly, I, I didn't yeah. need to know anything about that culture and that culture's myths. In fact, in a lot of ways, um, I only knew a couple. In a lot of ways, it was an intro point to me to do more research and to dive into things. I'm one of those people who didn't love the book that I liked much better. 
mm-hmm. yeah. um, than the book. But it was, it was a good intro point for me. Um, and I definitely felt it stood alone. Yeah, exactly. Now, some that I haven't been as uh, much of a fan of, I guess. Um, again, one that I read recently, which I guess it is, it's kind of a retelling. I don't know how much is a retelling, how much is just the author's own ideas, because I'm not very familiar with Polish folk tales, <laughs> but uh, Uprooted by Naomi Novik is at least somewhat based on some sort of folk tale from what I've heard. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. You were um, so excited to read it. I know. I'm wondering if some of it was just way, way overhyped for me. Mm. Um, I just really, yeah, just was not a fan of it. But it was interesting because I went on to Goodreads and I was looking through all of my friends' reviews and literally there were one star all the way up to five star reviews within my group group of friends who have read the book. So I was like, I don't normally see that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but I wasn't the well, only like you one. Said, it, it just didn't work for you, you know? Right. Maybe it worked, you know, it's what might be yeah. one of those books that just touches people in, specific, you know, in different, different ways. And yeah. it might be like how you come at it too. Like you said, it might have been like overhyped. Like all I knew when I was reading it um, was that another of our friends had recommended it to me, who usually gives good recs. And a um, and they were reading it for the Sword and Laser podcast around that same time. And so I got a lot of – I basically knew nothing about it other than one person said it was good. And so I went into it with just like, okay, let's see what this is. So yeah, um, I also I did thought, find parts of it slow. Yeah, it, it just – I don't know. For me, it was – kind of going in way too many directions and well uh, yeah. to bring it back to retelling do yeah. you think if you knew the the uh story it was based off of do you think that would have added to the book do you think or do you think that um it's just the writing essentially mm, I don't know because that's the thing I was trying to do some research and I don't know if if there's much more to it other than she's using this girl's name and from the folklore. I don't know. Do you remember any more about it, Jeanette? Um, no, it's been a few years. But, I mean, you know, for me also, what I find for retellings is that it's not necessarily about the original story that makes a retelling good or bad. I mean, it helps if I like the original story. But I find it's more the gimmick to me, how the gimmick. Oh, you like used. the gimmick? No, it's more, it's more, what is the gimmick? Because that's, most retellings have a gimmick. Um, Right. And it's, what is the gimmick? And how well does the author try to make it work? Hmm. Because- Can you give an example? Sure. Um, In Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, I really didn't like that one. Because even though it relies heavily on your love of Pride and Prejudice, there's no work to make the zombies fit into the story. It's basically it, – it's any – it's like somebody did like a find and replace in the original <laughs> text. And anytime the girls were supposed to be like knitting, <clears throat> sewing, walking – there were zombies. They were training instead. Oh, zombies. Yeah, they were training and or or there were zombies. Like anytime they were walking, it's like, okay, replace walking with we fought zombies on our way home. Not we walked home. 
Anytime mm. they were, yeah, anytime they were supposed to be sitting, knitting, sewing, it was, we're training to fight zombies. Like, there's no work to make that the zombies fit into the story, which is, you know. Lazy. Yes. And Sorry. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's not only lazy, but it's not good storytelling. It's not. No. Because you're not telling a story about girls fighting zombies then, which is what I was hoping for. You're telling a story that has zombies in it. <laughs> and right. Can you give a good example? Yeah. Um, so some of the ones that I've liked, like Cinder, um, Cinder is, you know, Cinderella retold, but Cinderella is a cyborg. But the fact that she is a cyborg isn't used as like a crutch to make the story different in fact they use it in a different way so now cinderella isn't like disliked because she's you know this poor girl that you know the evil stepmother has to take care of it's she's disliked because there's prejudice against cyborgs right Right. and so that i found interesting because it's an examination of prejudice as well as a retelling so mm-hmm. I actually thought Cinder is a great, a, a, an interesting one to talk about because I almost feel like it barely touches on the Cinderella story. Like right? in the almost like, <clears throat> in the like, if your Cliff Notes version of Cinderella is poor girl meets prince, prince falls in love with her, then then yes, I guess this is a Cinderella story, um, except that in no way else is it reminiscent of a Cinderella story. And, Until the um, end. Well, and well, no, not. I mean, yes, yes, until the end. But also, I don't want to spoil it. But you I know, like, I, I don't haven't read it. Yet. I'm just no, saying. Sorry, sorry. If you know there's the so end much, of Cinderella, so the end of Cinder than Cinder <laughs> than Cinderella. I think there's yes, just so there much is. more to Cinder than Cinderella. I'm not gonna. But there that's is. the nice thing, right? Um, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It is the nice thing. Um, yeah, I almost, and, I, I just uh, almost don't know if I like. <laughs> you know, because it's a series of books, and I've only read Cinder, right? And the, every book is sort of a twist on a fairy tale. And right. I haven't read the others because I'm sort of like, well, Cinder was interesting, but it wasn't at all like Cinderella, and I, I don't know what to expect from any of these now. And so I just have sort of sat on it. I, I don't. So I don't know. I don't know. How, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I don't know how. Well, I've read three of the four, so we can talk afterwards, and I can tell you a little bit more of what to expect without spoiling. So excellent, excellent. Um, But yeah, I I think for me, it's more that it was like it didn't lean on that gimmick of okay, she's a cyborg, and it didn't lean on the Cinderella story. It combined them and made a new story, and that's kind of like how I feel. It's like you have to work to make the gimmick work, Um, like. Um, we talked a couple months ago about Princeless, and basically Princeless is a, re- a rehash of princess stories, right? right. And it mm-hmm. starts with kind of a Rapunzel-y story, a princess is locked in a tower. But it doesn't rely on the gimmick of, well, you know, it doesn't rely on the gimmick of like, oh, okay, this is just about Rapunzel, and it doesn't rely on the gimmick of she's tired of waiting in the tower. It starts to develop her as a person, like why does she feel this way? Why is she going to do her own thing? And what is she going to do about it? I think that's a great way to look at it. Like, if I can buy into the main character as the main character as a standalone, then I'm almost guaranteed to buy into the book. Um, I'm going to bring in Up Wicked as an example of this, which I know 
I'm not quite sure. I know how some people here feel about Wicked. I'm not sure how everyone feels about Another it. Another mixed feeling book. Another mixed feeling book. <laughs> but, um, but Wicked really takes the story of Wizard of Oz from and completely changes it. Um, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you think you know, but you don't know crap because you've been going around from Dorothy's point of view and Dorothy doesn't know what she's doing. So right. let me tell you what's actually going on in the land of Oz. And um, Wicked is, and it's follow-up books. Uh, the follow-up books aren't retellings. They're just sequels of a, a retelling. Um, but Wicked really is, like, I feel so much for Alfalba in those books. Alfalba yeah. is the Wicked Witch of the West in those books, which, how great is that name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel so much for her. And, like, if she had been a weaker character, though, I never would have bought into those books. Because there's, it's dense, right? It's a dense retelling. Oh, man. There's a lot of political yeah. stuff, a lot of... Um, magic stuff, a lot of world building that they do. And I, I, I love all that stuff. I mean, Meredith, you and I read a lot of that, mm-hmm. um, dense world building material. Um, but I, but like if Alfalba hadn't been lovable or at least sympathetic, um, and believable, I never would have bought into that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that could have been super gimmicky too. You know, oh, yeah. Right. Um, so while I wasn't a huge fan of the book, I definitely appreciate what he did with the world and the storytelling. Um, and again, I think I might have been a little put off because I saw the musical first. Uh, and, yeah, that's very different. And I loved the musical, and so I'm, you know, as one kind of assumes that the book wouldn't be that far off from the musical. Uh, no, it is. It is like, I mean, they took some of, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like thrown for a complete loop where I was like, holy crap, this is really dark and like really sad. And I mean, there was a little bit of that in the musical, but, um, yeah, I think that was just, I read them in the wrong, (laughs) the wrong order, (laughs) you know, um, (laughs) But I can definitely appreciate what he did for that retelling and the world building and everything. I mean, the musical yeah. really is the version of Inception of retellings. It's a retelling of a retelling. Yes, <laughs> it is. We have to I go mean, deeper, guys. Exactly. It's- Speaking of that, I was like, is that what the Princess Bride is? Or is that like a retelling of a fake retelling? Like, what is that? <laughs> it is a f- I think you're right. I think it's a fake retelling. Because yeah. there's no original text that is being retold. And yet we are told it's a retelling. <laughs> um, but that's a fun, that's a fun example. I mean, Again, a standalone. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. Yeah. It's obviously I, it has to you be know, a standalone because it's not real. Yeah, um, but I think like Wicked is a really good example of one that leans heavily on the original. Like you have all the original characters in there. At one point they make a reference to Dorothy, even though the story is not really about Dorothy. Um, but they make references to her. But it leans really heavily on that, but it's going in a different way. But the gimmick works that it's being told from this other perspective because right. it's characterizing the Wicked Witch as a not Wicked Witch. It's characterizing mm-hmm. the other things. and it's, She's a revolutionary. Hashtag resist. <laughs> she's um, she's pa- pa- They're painting these characters in a, and this world in a different way. And they're like, Maguire makes it, work and you know it's a little different in the play I know but in the book at least I think that's what worked for me yeah so Mm -hmm. um yeah so 
That being said, what do you think is your favorite retelling? Oh, man. Oh. Or how about your favorite that you've re- read recently? Because there are a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm I didn't literally think, I, looking at my shelf right now. trying to. <laughs> trying to I didn't prep one. you for that one. <laughs> well, I guess at least, um, well, most recently, I think I'd go with My Lady Jane. Uh-huh. I'm just going to take the easy way out. <laughs> um, well, Tara's thinking, I'll say that recently I read Heartless, um, which is mm. a retelling of, it's not quite a retelling, it's more um, a twist on the Alice in Wonderland story, where you are seeing how the uh, Red Queen became the Red Queen, or the Queen of Hearts became the Queen of Hearts. Sorry. Oh, that's cool. I've heard yeah. about that. I've wanted and to read that. Yeah, it, so it does kind of play on your knowledge of the original story. There's quotes in there from the original story, references. Um, but it uh, um, the author does do the work to, you know, try and develop who this character is and mm-hmm. what she wants and make the gimmick of, yeah, this is who she is to the point where I was like, I th- think I know what's going to happen. But at the same time, I'm really interested in seeing what's going to happen. So it was kind of fun in that sense. So that's my favorite that I've read recently. Maybe Excellent. not my favorite of all time, but one I've read recently that I liked. I'm, I'm just going to pick a favorite. Um, I don't read a lot of retellings. I, I think that's just really probably true of me in general. Um, but I'm going to say Mist of Avalon because um, it's one of my oh. favorites. Um, and I love the feminine take on the Arthurian story uh so yeah really highly recommend it actually you know marion bradley's mist of avalon going with that all right so guys are we ready for our main read sure yeah I'm ready if you are <laughs> so this month <laughs> more. Uh, so this month we read romeo and or juliet um, and this is essentially a choose your own adventure story um, based on uh, based on the uh, uh, not I almost said Arthurian um, Shakespearean. <laughs> sorry, obviously I have something in my brain, right? <laughs> um, based on the classic Shakespeare, um, Romeo and Juliet. Um, this is a choosable path adventure. That's what they call it instead of choose your own adventure. I don't know why. Maybe choose your own adventure is trademarked. Probably is uh, by Ryan North. Uh, Ryan North, who's really well known for his comic book work. Um, specifically, I've read his Squirrel Girl comics, which are awesome. Um, and I, I think you can really tell uh, that he has some comic book background with this specific novel. There's a lot of images. So if you like books with pictures. Um, so let me ask you guys, what was one thing that you that stood out to you in this book? Hmm. Um. Well, how long it's been since I've read a choose your own adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How I'm still the same kid when it comes to choose your own adventure books, because I was definitely okay. Funny story. Yesterday I was uh, reading this book because there were a few endings I still hadn't found and I was trying to find as many of them as possible so we could talk about it today. And I was working on it and the baby starts to cry and Daniel's like, oh, can you get her her bottle? And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. And he's like, why not? And it was because I had 
my entire left hand marking pages so I could turn back and find <laughs> the twist to go back and find the next ending because I kept being directed to um, similar pages. And yeah, I like totally had my fingers like still stuck in there. And I'm like, I am a grown adult sitting next to a pile of bookmarks. And so I pulled all my bookmarks out and started marking pages. It's like, seriously. But yeah, I'm still that person. So. I'm just impressed that you were sitting next to a pile of bookmarks. Usually I'm sitting next to a pile of receipts and I'm just like, ding, ding, ding. Oh, I was in bed. That's where I keep all my bookmarks. Uh, uh. So not in the bed, obviously, but it's <laughs> a whole, yeah, whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you guys like the Choose Your Own Adventure gimmick? Let's call it a gimmick. We've been calling them gimmicks. Did you enjoy it? Um, I did and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked it in the sense that I liked that nearly – I started by – you can play as either Romeo or Juliet, and I played as Juliet first, and I did all of Juliet's endings first, and mm-hmm. like 99% of them were better than <laughs> um, teenagers killing themselves because, you know, they fell yeah. in love like well, to be fair, <laughs> 24 that's a hours low, earlier. That's a pretty low bar to set <laughs> I, for. I mean, true – but, you know, I was like, well, that's fun. You know, th- the author found way to improve upon that – ways to improve upon that ending that were fun and not necessarily predictable. And some of them are even very playful, like, with knowledge of the story. Like, why didn't they just do this? Wouldn't that have been, like, smarter? I know. There, there was a lot like, of that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> right. If they just talked – Things would have been okay. <laughs> communication, right. told the guys. truth. Open communication. Um, <laughs> exactly. I feel like that was he a lot of them. actually uses that phrase a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think I'm kind of with Jeanette. I There was definitely times where I was laughing. Like, there was definitely some really funny stuff going on. And just, like, the yeah. language he was using was just really silly and, and funny. Um, it just got to be too much. There was, right. I mean... Yeah. A lot of the times you were choosing paths after like a few sentences. And it was just like, can I just get a little meat of a story yeah. before I'm having to choose yet another page to turn to? Yeah. Some of the paths were just like, turn to this page so we can make you turn to another page. And right. it was just, and that's leaning too heavily, heavily on, on the, the gimmick, gimmick without, yeah. you know, doing anything with it. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we talked about this maybe a few episodes ago, a few months ago. Um, but typically, um, oh gosh, I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I really, oh, I know what I was going to say. Sorry about that. Um, you know, we talked about this a few months ago, but I typically don't read um, descriptions of books before I read them. Uh, or I don't read a lot into a description of a book, or I don't read a lot of reviews. I'll just sort of kind of vaguely know what we're going to do and walk into it and feel really good about it. In this case, that was impossible. Um, That was really impossible for me. Because, you know, it's a book about choosing your adventure with Romeo and Juliet, a play I am insanely familiar with. So I, I walked in there with some strong expectation. I kind of thought that this was going to be like a f- maybe 20 to 30 um, 
fan fictions, essentially it's called fanfics because that's what retellings are, um, fanfics of Romeo and Juliet with real story, real meat behind it. And I was going to go through and pick better endings than the ending of the true Romeo and Juliet. And what I got was really just a, you know, a big comedy show, um, which was fun for a little bit, but not fun for a lot of it, in my opinion. Yeah, it was, uh, it was too long. Um, too many, too many paths. Um, I actually found that I was getting stressed out reading this uh, because I was trying to find as many endings as I could for the podcast. So we had something to talk about. And so I was, um, I tried the finger thing for like two (laughs) seconds and was like, this is not going to work because there are way too many paths. So I had a stack of post-it notes beside me that I would paste on the page and number it. And then the next one, I'd paste it in the next number higher and higher and higher. And so I'd get to one end and I'd go back to the last page and see, okay, well, was there another one there? And then go there. And it was really stressful. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, now, on the one hand, I, that's actually one of the things I appreciated about the book is because there were a lot of different ways this book could end. And so the book definitely has like reread value in that sense. Like if you liked playing this game and you wanted to try it again, you could do this, you know, 25 different times and get 25 different endings. Um, But it is very stressful if you are, you know, a find all the endings kind of person. Or like Um, on a deadline to find all the endings, you know. Um, But like there are people, um, because we talked about this when we first picked the book, um, thinking of you, hi, Kim, um, who like... That was who I was as a kid, was I needed all the endings. Mm. And we talked about that when the book was um, picked because um, uh, one of our IRL members, Kim, was saying the same thing. Like, I need to know all the endings. Um, So that in itself was stressful. There's just so many so, so speaking speaking of endings, other than the post-it mark and the finger method, did you all have any specific strategies um, about finding your endings, like maybe with Romeo or Juliet, or, or did you just mostly stick to post-it notes and, and fingers? Bookmarks? I mean, I did what Mare did, and I would trace back to, like, my last choice kind of thing. Um, and then I'd, like, back up to the choice before that and try different things. But the first couple of times, I, did, I went in with no strategy. I was just like, all right, I'm going to play until I find an end. And then I tr- went and I played again and tried to find another end. And then after that, I was like, okay. Now let's use some strategy here and try to find some different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I tried to stick to one character and like try to get all the way through. Um, I just started with Romeo because that was the first character to choose. Um, and I kind of ended up like in this loop of when he was out in what Mantua or wherever he gets sent yeah, off to. That's a long and, loop. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, I'm okay. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to Juliet. Um, yeah. But yeah, same strategy, just using... And then I had to pull out all of the post-it notes to start over for Juliet. <laughs> yeah, I, I stayed with Juliet first and did all of Juliet's endings, as well, as far as I could tell. And then I went back and I did all Romeo's. But that's okay. where, I, like, that Mantua loop that you get stuck in, that was rough on me. I was like, eh. I don't really know. I need to know all the endings, do I? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about the source material a little bit. And, you know, I'm actually going to backtrack a little bit of what I said earlier. I don't think 
you need to be, I don't think necessarily you need to be familiar with Romeo and Juliet to like or dislike this book. Um, I actually think maybe being overly familiar with Romeo and Juliet is bad for you. <laughs> if you're really a big Shakespeare fan, like I thought you were just going to end it on. I think be knowing Romeo <laughs> and Juliet is bad for you. <laughs> I was going to be like, well, there's Tara's feelings on that play. Well, <laughs> spoiler alert, Jeanette. Um, the next question I was going to say or ask is how do we feel all of us here feel about Romeo and Juliet. And since Jeanette, you volunteered my feelings first. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's pretty common knowledge amongst my circle of friends that I hate this play. Um, there's some, that being said, there's some beautiful scenes, some great, um, some great wood, word work in, in the play. But the, the idea that this is the greatest love story ever told literally makes me want to throw up. Um, so yeah. it's not my least favorite Shakespeare play that goes to Taming of the Shrew, um, but it's it's down there. It's, it's but it's a runner up. There. Yeah, it is. It is, and that includes the histories, you guys. That includes the histories. <laughs> um, but what about you, uh, Mayor? How do you feel about Romeo and Juliet? Well, I mean, I think I think um, the author does a pretty good job of saying it in this book that this isn't really a love story. You know, this yeah. is just like some <laughs> teenagers being really overdramatic and, you know, doing things before they even stop to think. And mm. yeah. And I mean, and just like, I mean, just like Shakespeare in the play, you know, Romeo is harping on Rosalind in the beginning. And <laughs> then like, you know, two seconds after seeing Juliet, it's like, oh, hmm, no, I am totally in love with her now. This is real love. That other thing wasn't. This is real. You know, and so like he does play that up like, hmm, okay, sure. This is real love. Okay. Um, because and, and a lot of the uh, the endings in this book is where they don't end up together and they are perfectly happy or happier mm-hmm. than they would have been, you know. And so I, I appreciated that in this book where it was playing up that this isn't this isn't a love story, guys. Yeah. What about you, Jeanette? What do you think? I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, the play itself, like, the first time I read it, and I had the misfortune to read it, like, three times in, like, two years, so that, <laughs> that, that probably doesn't help, um, but, you know, the first time I read it, it was, like, fine. The second time I read it, I was like, okay, I'm everything about this book, or about this play is pretty much not fine, except for Mercutio, uh, and... Mercutio. Uh, yeah, like, and then, you know, the third time I read it, I was like, no, pretty much Mercutio is really the one good thing in this play. Like, he's <laughs> great, because the rest is, yes, it's so romantic and lovely, or at least that's how it's painted, that this happened. And I'm like, but there are a lot of different ways this could have gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, just like we saw in this choose your own adventure, right? Well, yeah, uh, it, but it was, you know, being, you know, that age, it was like, well, that was stupid thing. Like, that's when I first read it. Kind of, it was when I was around like the same t- age. Typically, you read Romeo and Juliet with the first time um, when you're a teenager, right? Right. And you're reading them and you're and like, I'm just like, how stupid were teenagers back then? Like that this is really what they choose to do. And the thing that I find amazing is that, and, and I, we, um, we can discuss this, but the, 
Ryan North changes this in his version for some reason. Um, and I think I know why. But um, in the in Shakespeare's version, Juliet's 13 and Romeo's older than 15. They don't really give a like exact age for Romeo. But Juliet's 13. In the original, she's 16. And I think that's why Ryan North goes off 16. Because he's like, well, since Shakespeare's retelling a retelling, I'm just going to go from the original and not make it creepy. Because 13 is creepy. And I don't want to <laughs> be that guy. But... <laughs> Right. Um, you yeah, know, you're you're reading this for the first time when you're 14. Typically, I think that's when I first read Romeo and Juliet, and I was just like, these people are dumb. So yeah. Dumb. Now, to to be fair, you know, 14, 15 year olds back in that day and age were like actually getting married, and you know, like it was a different life. You know, they were kind of already adults because you didn't live as long, and so. So there is a little bit of a difference between now and then in that sense. Um, and I, 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 I appreciate, appreciate that. And I even appreciate that sometimes, you know, marriages were arranged for you. And so you didn't know the person you were going to marry or you had only known them for 24 hours or whatever. Like it was just more, I think, the way that things progress after that. And then the only, the only, you know... As a teenager, reading other teenagers saying, this is the only solution to my problem. Dead. Yeah. Pretending to be dead. Yeah. It was like, (laughs) but... but Working with shady characters to that end. Yeah, you're only, you know, it's like, but you're only like 13, dude. Like, there are other options out there. (laughs) There are other things you could do. Um, So so this is, is, do y'all think it's a love story? I mean, I think I know the answer, but do you think Romeo and Juliet does a love story? It's, I mean, it's got a love story in it. We'll put it that way, <laughs> right? I don't. I wouldn't say like it is a love story. So I'm I'm gonna give Shakespeare some credit here. He calls this a tragedy. It's yes. the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. I think people have made this a love story. Oh, yeah. You know, in their minds. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think he intended it as such. Um, I mean, I think that's why he kills the best character halfway through the play. It's meant to be, I think, a tragedy. It's not meant to be a love story. Yeah. Yes. Or like, yeah, kind of like learn from their terrible <laughs> mistakes and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that in, it is a tragedy. I would I would agree with I mean I'll agree with Shakespeare not that he needs me to but I'll agree with Shakespeare <laughs> that it is a tragedy. Um, so what but, was your favorite ending? Let's what what was your favorite ending? But where was the tragic endings your favorite in the <laughs> Romeo and or Juliet or were the um, happy go lucky um, you know. Juliet becomes a pirate endings. Right. So I I picked out, I think I picked out three that I wanted to bring up. Um, One of them actually happened pretty early on with Romeo. So he goes, uh, he wants to spy on the Capulets. So he goes into their castle, he sneaks in, and he disguises himself as a maid and is like going around cleaning rooms trying to find like information. And he just ends up liking the job so much as a maid cleaning the rooms that he just never leaves and is like 
and is like a secret maid and lives out his days cleaning the rooms in the Capulet's houses that they forgot they had and just like dies this happy, satisfied old man. I'm not going to lie. I was going to bring that one up too because like I'm giggling over here. I was laughing, like outright laughing for like five minutes when I read that. Like because when it first started, because it starts with a loop and it's like, do you want to keep dusting or do you want to go here? And I'm like, well, what happens if I just keep dusting? And I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, it, and then it like goes, okay, now do you want to spy or do you want to keep dusting? And I'm like, what happens if I choose keep dusting again? And then I giggled again. And then like, I, it goes to this ending and I just lost it. Like I couldn't contain it. It's probably my favorite ending in the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> and the picture is just like this old man laying in bed sleeping with his, I'm, or maybe he's dead, I guess. Um, and, and he's just smiling. And doesn't he have like his feather duster with him in bed? It's and he's just, so happy. Like you can see just how happy he is. It's like full feather duster across his lap. It's great. <laughs> And he's wearing a little maid hat. Yeah. Because apparently he couldn't find the butler costumes or outfits. So he just disguised himself as a maid instead and never changed. And there's something so adorable about that. Yeah. Uh, and let's see. Another one I wrote down. Um, Juliet, uh, she inadvertently like throws up on Paris right at the dance and then he's like oh I don't want to marry you and she's like this could work and so every time they start bringing a new suitor around she throws up on them until she gets tired and hires a boy to throw up on suitors for her <laughs> until she like decides um Orlando makes an appearance um a la as you like it Orlando and she decides that she doesn't want to throw up on him and so they like live happily ever after and he goes and like carves stuff into the trees like he did in the forest of Arden and as you like it and stuff like that and so I thought it was like a a, a kind of fun crossover between the two plays yeah bringing yeah. in a comedy to this tragedy <laughs> and then one that I found last night as I was trying to find, you know, like more of the endings, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, so, again, it's for Juliet. She wakes up in the crypt and Romeo's killed himself. And she decides, I don't want to kill myself over a guy I met two days ago. That's dumb. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I guess like Friar Lawrence, like skipped town after all of this, which I, I can see that. Yeah, okay. Um He's and sort of... so when the guards come down and find Juliet alive after she's been dead for, what, two days or however long, they start worshipping her as a god, even though she's like, no, for real, like, I wasn't dead. No. But, <laughs> like, no one will dead. listen to her. And so, like, it starts as a cult following, and then it turns into, like, a full-blown world religion that worships Juliet. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So those yeah. were some of my favorites. Um, I also particularly like the one where she decides, like, like she decides to go to a bar and she meets some guy and she, like, goes off and, like, basically becomes a pirate. I thought that was great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Because the pirate thing is thrown in as an afterthought. It's like, she lives happily ever after. Oh, by the way, you also become a pirate. By the and way, like, you're also I'm down with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's so. just like, oh, yeah, these two guys, they're terrible. You you don't want anything to do with them. So um, go be a parrot. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. great. And I also <laughs> like the ones that are basically like, um, there's a couple of different ways it goes, but it, it, but it's like, oh, 
Romeo's been banished. You go, uh, Juliet, you go live with him in Mantua. And you guys, you know, live and happily you have ever after. a perfectly after. fulfilling life. You live know? a perfectly quiet, fulfilling life. You raise three t- triplets and they all become super buff like you. <laughs> like, and there's one, the, one of those has like um, a picture of the triplets like weightlifting, which I find adorable. <laughs> I don't know why I find it adorable. It's silly, but it's very funny. Yeah. And I did. I appreciated that there were a lot of those endings where it's like, I don't need to like jump through all of these crazy hoops and do all these like ridiculous things. Um, Cause I think maybe it was that ending or one of the endings where she ends up in Mantua where she's talking to the friar and he's like, Oh, well you can take this and pretend to be dead and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, why don't I just go to Mantua? Like, why do I need to <laughs> pretend I'm dead? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, your your plan seems complicated, dude. And yeah, I'm gonna do the easy thing and rent a horse. <laughs> yeah, know. I also like the one where it's like, you know, I like the ones where it's like, yeah, we got married, and then you know, we told our parents, and we had you know a real wedding, and it's fine. Yeah, all's well. They were yeah. happy about it. They're like, oh, maybe we can stop feuding now. Great. Yeah. I mean, those aren't nearly as funny as Romeo becoming a maid for the rest of his life. But, <laughs> no, but it's realistic. Exactly. But it, it was kind of like, you know, as a kid, I was like, well, you know, like, why couldn't they just like be married instead of having to be like dead? And <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, this like indulged my like 13 year old kid self. <laughs> like, so my favorite part or my favorite endings are not the endings with Romeo and Juliet at all. Um, I liked the hidden plays. Finding right? those were really fun. I liked... Oh, man, those were great. Um, there's, so there's there's two. I know. So there's two. Um, one is Macbeth, um, and or the Scottish play. And the other is Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, and then there's a Pyramus and Thisbe comic in there, but mm-hmm. eh, that, that one was just fine. Um, but... Um, so given shorter, much shorter versions of what the Romeo and or Juliet book is for those two plays, I enjoyed very much. Yes. It was easy. Yeah. I could find all the endings. Um, Quick. They were fun. And yeah. it didn't get old. And I liked them. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They were fun. There was yeah. also a place where they just, like, at one point, he's like, I'm just going to tell you a story. And he's that relates the story of Twelfth Night, which made me happy. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was. I mean, when so does Twelfth Night that, not make but me I happy? I could not find how to get there. You know, um, it's it's one of the twists when you're in Mantua in the library. Uh, um, okay, yeah, okay. But it, it was very. That was like very much like, hey, makes me happy. So, did both of you read the Hidden Plays? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which one did you like better? Did you like being Puck? Or did you like being Macbeth? I enjoyed Midsummer Night's Dream better. Um, but that could be because I have the same, not the same feelings about Macbeth, but it's just a very much like the way he writes it is kind of like, yeah, you know, why do you need to kill everybody in Macbeth? Like, you could have <laughs> just had a nice time. And I'm like, you know, now that you mention it, yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one I liked better, but I did appreciate the 
the I guess the ending, one of the endings with Macbeth, where you start out with, oh, there's like witches. Do you want to talk to them or not? And you just pick, no, I don't want to talk to them. And then it's like, so you don't talk to them and you don't get that weird prophecy. And so you just, you know, you still get promoted to whatever the special thing was. And the king comes and hangs out and has sleepover at your house and you have a good time and you keep moving up the ladder and everything's great for you and further generations of your family. The end. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, so I don't yeah. know what this says about me. My first go through that one, I got the congratulations. You know how to perfect a murder. Don't tell them I told you. Whatever you do, just don't tell them. And I was like, Yeah, that was oh, my man. first one too. Which I was like, <laughs> okay. So you totally aced murder school, right? Yeah. <laughs> I liked the Midsummer Nights one because um, it, there was that additional gimmick to the Midsummer Nights one where there's a librarian who hands you the book and it's like, you are now in hard mode. Hard mode has that if you die in this choose your own adventure book, you die in real life. And I'm like, oh man, this got serious. Well, I first got to that one because that one you can access from Romeo or Juliet. And I first got to that one from Juliet. And I guess she's ta- she's sleeping and she's dreaming. And it's like, for some reason, you die in this dream. If you or if you die in this dream, you also die in real life. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm going okay. with it. <laughs> I just accepted it. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but so it, you don't you didn't get the librarian. You didn't get the librarian intro. To that? I did, but later. Later. Okay. When I started playing as Romeo. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mary? Which one did you like? But, oh, no, you already said. Jeanette, you, uh, who, who yeah, has an I answer? said We're Midsummer. Good. I think we all answered. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so did you like it better than the book? Did you like the plays like me better than the book? Or did you like the book better than the plays? I mean, I liked the quick, easy funness of the hidden plays better than the book. Yeah. But I like the fact that there's like I like the fact that there's more interesting twists in the book book. Mhm. Yeah. Um they, it was yeah. I mean they they were definitely fun. The brevity was nice after because I read those after oh, yeah. I did all of the Romeo and Juliet stuff. So I was just like, "Oh, wow. This is only like 7 pages." Okay. Well, <laughs> well, brevity is the soul of wit. Mm. There that is. That is true. I I had to say it. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Um, all right. Well, any- last question. Would okay. you recommend it? Do you like it? What do you think? I liked I, it fine. I don't know that I'd recommend it. Um, if you like choose your own adventures, sure. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it well enough. I think I would recommend it with the caveat of like, let's, this can just be something that hangs out on your nightstand that you just read when you feel like it and whatnot. But I would not recommend this as a book club book where you're trying to get through everything <laughs> within a specific amount of time. Right. Yeah. Um, I did not like it that much. Um, and I would recommend this to somebody who liked Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. So <laughs> um, you guys know probably what that says about my feelings. Um, other than that, um, I'm really excited about our next book on Eclectic Readers. Um, so please join us in June. Um, we are reading Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Allier Science. Science. 
Thank you. I was like, I have problem. no idea how to say that last name. <laughs> um, so, yeah, join us in June and read along with us. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. I also chose it, so hopefully everyone likes it. <laughs> <laughs> but for this episode, you can check out our show notes with all of the different books that we were talking about at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 35. And where can everybody find you on social media? Jeanette. Well, you can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at JMT Rivera. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette. That's D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. How about you, Tara? You can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy, all under the same name, which is my name. And that is Tara, T-A-R-A, Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N, all one word. What about you, Mayor? Well, you can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, Litzy, and Instagram, because why not? Uh, all the same handle, Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. Make sure to subscribe to us in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode because we might have some special stuff coming up. You never know. And please rate and review us on iTunes so more people can find us. That would be awesome. All right, let's shelve this until next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.